0: The specifics can be debated, but overall, it's irrefutable. The human brain is not designed to multitask. And with rare exceptions, gaining efficiency through multitasking is an illusion.
1: Happy holidays and welcome to episode 18, the last episode for 2018. And my guest is Carl Ulrichs, who is now the founding member of the Three-Timer Club on Change Your Mindset podcast. Carl always comes with a wealth of valuable information to help the audience become better and more productive at what they do. Today's topic of discussion is that we as humans are not wired to multitask. And Carl gives us some great advice on how to be more productive while not multitasking. Because multitasking is really a myth. And Carl ties this all together by talking about how our brains are wired and why we can't multitask. You see, I thought this would be a perfect episode to end the year on as the accounting community is moving into the busy time of the year starting in January. And there are a ton of nuggets he leaves behind that you can begin to implement ASAP so you can become more productive during this time of year. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to share that my book, Taking the Numb Out of Numbers, was ranked number 12 of the best books in 2018 for speakers as ranked by speakershub.com, which means you don't have to be a professional speaker to get value out of this book. As long as you present information to non-financial professionals, there is a benefit in reading my book. Here's the review they gave the book. Peter does an outstanding job demonstrating how to present numbers to a non number audience. It is useful information that can be used in any presentation, can help make a presenter a rock star. I highly recommend this book for anyone who presents financial data and wants to make it interesting and relative to their audience, whoever they may be. I have already used many of the suggestions in his book. Thank you very much for the ranking, and thank you very much for. Applying some of my concepts to become a better presenter. Taking the num out of numbers will help you transform your ability to communicate technical knowledge in greater context through analogies, metaphors, and storytelling. Putting it another way, translate complex financial information into plain English so your audience will gain a deeper understanding. The book is available at Amazon.com in paperback and on Kindle, so go out and buy it today. If you'd like to purchase 10 or more copies, please contact me at peter at petermargaritas.com for bulk discounts. So, without further ado, let's get to the interview with Carl Alrichs. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Today, we're having a first on the podcast. Today is a first. because
0: no, it's, it's a It's a third.
1: <laughs> it's the first time I've had one person on for three times. <laughs> and if you recognize the voice in the background, that is the Carl Ulrichs yep. extraordinaire. Uh, and we were talking the other day on, on the phone. Actually, I think it was yesterday we had this conversation. And you said you had just delivered a presentation titled...
0: Multitasking Myth or Reality?
1: And the, as we were talking, you said, you know, this would make a really good podcast. And I went, exactly. Especially, this would be the last podcast for 2018. As we move into 2019, maybe after listening to the wisdom that you profess on everybody, yep. that they will take this on as a resolution for 2019 and right. eliminate multitasking. Now, now
0: let me, let's, let's spin it more positively. Okay. that you'll get better quality work done more efficiently as opposed to negatives, because I'm a positive guy.
1: so uh, And, and I, I try to be uh, positive. Right.
0: Well, and the interesting thing is everybody has thought that everybody will raise their hand and say they're good at, mass, at multitasking. Exactly. And it's a myth. And it's medically a myth, What made this interesting, and the reason I wanted to share it, was I uncovered some of the medical reasons, the brain wiring, brain chemistry reasons that it fails, as opposed to just, I don't think it works.
1: Right, and and when I was researching and writing the book, uh, Num for Numbers, I read this book, Brain Rules, by John Medina. And this guy is a neuroscience researcher who wrote this book about the brain and put it in language that we all could understand. And one of the things he talks about is what you're going to talk about now is our our brain can't multitask.
0: It technically can't multitask. And the interesting thing is uh, we can define it a couple different ways. The ability to perform multiple tasks at one time or switching back and forth from one thing to another or a number of tasks in rapid succession, which is kind of different, actually. But let's let's go to the top of multiple tasks at one time. If you've eaten at a quick service restaurant, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm-hmm. they will hand you a multitasking eating implement that is <laughs> a spoon and a fork.
1: The spork. The spork.
0: <laughs> it fails at both tasks. Um, It's basically a spoon that can hurt you. (laughs) And it's not good at stabbing stuff, and it's not good at scooping stuff. So just stop it.
1: I'm going to go to KFC just so I can get a handful of sporks.
0: So there's a wonderful poster that has... uh, So this is the visual part of today's podcast. Imagine a poster labeled multitasking, featuring a giant spork. <laughs> and the caption is, the art of doing twice as much as you should, half as well as you could.
1: <laughs> I, is, there, is that visual actually out there?
0: Yeah, it's out there. I can
1: okay, because okay, I, I think if you did, if not, then we should create that visual.
0: No, no, it's copyrighted. Okay, Anyway, um, but with email, with texting, with phones, Just the fact that I'm sitting here with a phone next to me makes me less efficient because my attention is drawn to it and I'll switch over and check for messages and then switch back to our conversation, thinking there's no damage. And actually, there is damage done. Oh, my gosh. Hang on. (laughs) Seriously? I've told you not to call me here. (laughs) That was Peter Margarita's call. Wait a minute. I see what you did. You clever. Anyway, great example, being bored in a meeting, posting on Facebook, dr- drifting in a conversation and checking email. I saw a wonderful note from my, my, my son taught English, and he had a, a note that, I know you're multitasking in my class. Nobody ever looks at their crotch and smiles. <laughs> um, so, you know, but, but answering email, texting, writing a report, trying to complete a spreadsheet, the it's kind of interesting. I'll bet your listeners are attempting to multitask by doing something while they listen to this podcast. And if I am so gripping, so engaging, so amazingly interesting that they run into a light post while they're jogging, then I will have proven my point.
1: <laughs> or they're listening while they're walking somewhere and they run into a light pulse. There, that's my or, or, or run over somebody, yes,
0: yes. So if you're listening to this about multitasking, while you're multitasking, you're busted. So let's go to the summary. Let's go to okay. the pun- fact. The human brain cannot multitask. Fact. Correct. So-called multitaskers are just rapidly switching from one activity to another. In fact, there is psychological harm, there is an inability to concentrate and focus on the good stuff, and there is up to a 40% reduction in productivity from this, as opposed to doing, focusing on a task and completing it, then turning to another task and completing it. And also, there's, I I would call it decision fatigue sets in. Uh, You become less effective as a thinker.
1: Uh, Is the original multitask, because we talked about multitasking coming with cell phones and all the other aspects, but was the original multitask sitting in the classroom taking notes while the instructor speaks?
0: No, because you are learning better by processing what the professor speaks and logging it in written form. It actually increases learning. Multitasking is actually a computer term out of the 1960s and kind of a multimedia term from the 1990s. It comes from having a single processor in a computer that can then, when uh, a disk drive is reading something and it takes time for the disk drive to do its function, the main CPU can cycle over and maybe run some logarithmic tables uh, out of its memory And then check, and when the disk drive is done, it can park that and go back to its original task. So the main individual singular CPU can be busy all the time, but it parses different tasks as it switches from one to the other to the other. And this frequent switching is the problem that we have. It's not a simple split of the difference. Let's say... You have 100% of processing power. Right now, I am focused 100% on interacting with Peter Margaritas on his fancy computer box thingy where he's recording me. Okay, great. <laughs> you can't split the difference. 100% to Peter versus, let's say I've got two tasks, balancing a, a spreadsheet and writing a document. If I were to split my brain power between those two, it is not a 50-50 split. There is a loss of, of time to task switching as the brain flips from one to the other and then has to get kind of settled on what the other is and get get processing on that. And the numbers I have seen, every flip takes about 20% of the brain's processing power, leaving 80% for the processing, not 100 So instead of a 50-50 split, it's a 40-40 split with 20 wasted. Interesting. So so therefore, if now you're saying, wait a minute, Carl, I know people like, say, a musician who can play music and juggle. Well, if you've got muscle memory and you've done it a whole bunch and you're very familiar and, and you're not critically learning new material or really having to focus on crafting a paragraph, that's fine. I mean, if you're basically reciting a nursery rhyme while you uh, flip pancakes with a skillet, okay, you can get away with that because that's a lot of uh, familiar territory. I'm not talking about that. You know, if you're familiar plus familiar behavior, you're okay. If it's a focused thing and you're focused on one thing, it's okay. But if you've got familiar in the background and you're trying to focus, then it can quickly become not okay. That's why we shouldn't text and drive. Exactly. Like everybody can tell stories about what happens when you get distracted when you shouldn't be. So let's agree. There's two piles of things. There's the automatic things that are familiar and simple and trained, and there's the controlled things where you have to, as your brain has to control it, where it's unfamiliar, where it's complex, where it's untrained, where it's high level. You know, I don't want the surgeon doing my knee replacement uh, to have Pink Floyd on his headset and be dreaming of his Italian vacation. No, I want him focused on my knee. You know, hello, I want you here. How are we doing so far?
1: We're doing good. Uh, I, I, so, what what is it about the brain? What 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 is it that doesn't allow this parsing? We lose this information.
0: Well, I'm gonna to talk to two things. One is, let me me jump to that. First, let's agree that the brain is a computer and it's a computer that medically is wired to do processing, but you have a single brain. You don't have a four core brain. You have a single brain. It basically has your consciousness, your awareness is a single. Uh, There's... You know, people who claim to have multiple personalities, but that's not today. Uh, okay. Let's agree the average American, the average human, shouldn't say average American, <laughs> but listen to outside the United States through the interwebs. Uh, the average human has a processing chip that has a single main core. And it has a lot of support brain parts that can shift things in and out of that core. Let's, I'm going to talk a little bit about some brain chemistry here. Okay. Have you ever heard of the fight or flight reaction of boo? You know, there's a bear. And this adrenaline and a stress hormone called cortisol is, is dumped into uh, the bloodstream. Yep. Yes. Uh, it causes mental fog and scrambled thinking. It also enables you to pick up one corner of your car and lift it out of the ditch. you (laughs) You know, a lot happens in that one thing. Yeah. Well, it also creates a dopamine addiction feedback loop by rewarding the brain for losing focus. And then you're constantly searching for external stimulation. This is what drives. Addiction to video games. This is what drives addiction to Facebook. Oh, how many likes did I get? How many likes did I get? How many likes did I get? So there's a chemical addiction happening with the switching function within the brain. So the brain wants to switch, and I'm asking you not to. We also have in the prefrontal cortex novelty bias. Okay. It wants something new. It, it, it gets hijacked by something new and shiny. And so marketers and software programmers know to tweak that novelty-seeking, reward-seeking brain center by offering, uh, you heard my phone ring, the little blue box at the corner of your Outlook that bong and says, new message, email ping texting ping it's a novelty seeking reward seeking it's a it's and now i'm going to use some big words here it causes a burst of endogenous opioids this is truly an addicting chemical in your brain think about it the noise of a slot machine paying off bang bang ding, ding 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 that is Triggering a chemical reaction in the gambler's brain that they will do anything to get another one of those. Well, if that's running while you're trying to balance your spreadsheet or write your article, you're going to lose focus and get off task. The brain is wanting to get another hit and wants you to get off target. And go find something fun instead of this boring spreadsheet. So within the brain, we've got the nucleus accumbens. It's a small structure in the limbic system. It regulates dopamine production. It's the region that lights up when gamblers win a bet. Mm -hmm. and Email and Facebook reward that dumb novelty-seeking portion of the brain driving the limb. And it, it creates this feeling of pleasure. And it says, oh my gosh, I want that. This is not the planning, scheduling, higher level thought centers in the prefrontal cortex. This is lizard brain level stuff. That's the part that's causing us problems. How's it causing us problems? What's the outcome in all this? Well, I talked about reducing efficiency and performance. There's medical data that shows that it basically lowers IQ by about 15 points. It's the equivalent of staying up all night. And it lowers brain density. In areas of the cortex that are responsible for empathy and cognitive and emotional control. So, over time, if you do a bunch of multitasking that is paying off in these short term ding ding dings, it makes you less cognitive and have poorer emotional control, which actually may explain some people in my family. <laughs> <laughs> but it really it really affects the impa- it, it impacts learning learning information while multitasking fails in the brain there's basically two memory buckets long-term and short-term oh, yeah there's the striatum the brain region that specializes storing new procedures and skills and there's the hippocampus the brain region that specialize for organizing and categorizing, categorizing facts easier to retrieve. Um, basically, when you're multitasking, information is just sent to the short-term bucket, not the long-term bucket. So, if you're, it's just like trying to cram for a test when you haven't slept. You're not getting a good take on the world when you're multitasking.
1: So. How do we break this addiction? That, I mean, I, as you're talking, I, I, I I'm listening, but I, you're I, also
0: I, distracted by your phone and thinking about the chips and dip up on the counter. I know.
1: No, I was thinking about my son and the way he studies and the way his friends study. Right, they have sure. to have some other distraction in the going on when they're studying.
0: Well, that's a different topic. There is some logic. To having some audio wallpaper going in the background when you're trying to focus. Uh, for okay. instance, if you have traveled as much as you and I have, you know that occasionally we will get somebody in the next hotel room who's keeping us awake with erratic noises. Yes. If we, do you know the uh, rate the bedside radio static trick, the white noise trick?
1: Playing white noise?
0: Yep. If you turn a radio to a between-station static, that's pure mm. white. Turn that white noise up, and the white noise masks the sounds in the background, mm. and pretty quickly, your brain tunes out the white noise, allowing you to sleep. So there's okay. uh, that's not really today's topic, but the brain... Okay. And adapt to constant background noises. If indeed they're focused on, they're, they're studying and they're focused on their material, and in the background is a YouTube video of stupid pet tricks, they're really not paying attention to the stupid pet tricks. They're, they're going to be paying attention to one thing at once.
1: Because I've, I've accused him of trying to multitask while he studies, but apparently I, I, I'm wrong with that accusation to him
0: that's right because he's if he is well let me step back a second in general you're right and he shouldn't have as many stimuli going at once they had an experiment where they had somebody you're forced you're you're asked to read a book and sitting right next to them is a television with a program on fairly loud And after a certain period of time, let's say 10 minutes, the subject, so it's it's an observed experiment, the subject is asked, how many times did they switch their attention between the book and the television? And the subject, let's say the median is, that they said six times, the research would show that actually they had switched 35 times. Mm. That you're not as conscious of it as you are. Okay But it's to me, it's, it's from a learning standpoint, this is huge. From a uh, as a facilitator of a training session, I'll be pretty firm with my audience that no, they don't need to just silence their phones in their pocket. They need to put their phones in their pocket on silent, upside down, face down, on the table, or they're not going to feel them vibrate and get distracted.
1: Mm. Okay. You
0: know, I want you disconnected for the next hour unless you have someone in your family that's in surgery, or someone in your family who's fixing to give birth. Distracted people don't learn. And with all of our bait out there, the brain distracts very easily.
1: So, some have said they use Twitter to take notes and post them to have a string of information that I I can refer back to. Is that Technically taking notes, or is that just another distraction masked as taking
0: notes? No, I think that's actually, it, it requires, short answer, I don't know. That's splitting hairs, you know. Half of me says, yeah, they are taking notes, so that would embed some of the learning. Right. But the other half of me says, man, to post a Twitter, you have to be cognitively focused on your your at sign username hashtag that's clever post to post mm. as opposed to the tactile uh, having a Dixon number two pencil and a pad of paper uh, where it's more visceral uh, and less cluttered. Um, I would say physically taking notes is far more effective than than the Twitter feed. Okay,
1: I, mean, I was just thinking I'm thinking about you know what. The audience, we've been told, you know, well, let them have their phones, let them let them tweet. Their, their you know, and that's what this the the yeah. younger, the younger I, generation. And I, I've always kind of been, I'm not quite.
0: Yeah, I vote no on that. Um, I have, well, and it's personal experience. I have gone to presentations where I tweeted, and at the end, I was disappointed that I really didn't get as much out of the presentation because I was living in two worlds. Right. The, the world of the presenter and the world of, of Twitter.
1: Yeah, and and there's other ways of being engaging in the classroom where to help with the memory and, and help with the, the engagement uh, uh, of keeping their attention versus yeah. the, the, the electronic distraction.
0: That's right. But again, what have we learned? We've learned that the brain is wired to be addicted to the switching and its difficult to break that i'm I'm here to tell you it's medical there is there's a there's a brain chemistry reason that we are that we are drawn to this it's 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 not that we want to watch a bunch of clever videos of of cats doing cute things it's that our brain wants us to switch it gets a reward for doing that
1: and that's the dopamine and there's 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 the issue and it, it, it's like, like an alcoholic, a, a, a obsessive gambler. It's that trigger, and yep. I, I, I want that. And yep, and you know, and, and I guess the only way to kind of break it is to go cold turkey. Yep, it's like any other addiction, and
0: it's it's it can be harmful. I don't know the Department of Traffic Safety. I forget what it's called. NTA. Uh, the I forget NTS, NTSB. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, distracted drivers four times more likely to have an accident while four times more likely to have an accident while talking on a cell phone. Oh, texting twenty three times more likely. <laughs> it's <laughs> real.
1: I'm laughing, but I'm not really laughing. I, I as I was coming to to the house, I was, uh, my wife and I were going around two seventy, and, and we saw seriously almost three accidents. I oh, am. Yeah. And it had to do with the phone. Oh, yeah. Either talking on the phone or...
0: Good news. We do have autonomous driving on the horizon, and that will help. It will save us from (laughs) ourselves in spite of ourselves.
1: Yeah, but we got to do something in the... the, Something's got to be done in the interim. Um, It's just... It's dangerous out there.
0: It is. All (laughs) right. Let's let's start moving towards the fixing of this. I want to offer a basic strategy and then a specific thing you can do in your workspace. Okay. Clearly, it's a focus on the task at hand. Identify and focus on the process that you want to have done. Decide what needs your full attention. You know, triage, prioritize. And, and then just pay attention, reduce distraction. I have learned that my office could have no windows and no clue about the outside world. You know, I, I live and work in a bunker, excuse me, I work in a bunker when I need to focus so that I truly am not distracted by birds and trees and, you know, fluffy clouds. Second, do less delegate, hand off to colleagues, hand off to technology figure out the stuff that can be handed off so that your precious brain power can be used for the good stuff for the creative moments for you know if there's rote behaviors if there's anything we can automate as artificial intelligence arrives in our lives we'll be able to have the sorting and balancing of a spreadsheet done automatically and we can think about you know think great thoughts for the world instead so we can we can delegate and do less mm-hmm. Next, one thing at a time. One at a time is more efficient. Focus and prioritize first, then do one thing at a time, one bite at a time. Here's a great exercise. Um, Do you you happen to have a piece of paper and a pencil?
1: Somewhere around here.
0: Find it. I want you to do something.
1: There's going to be a quiz.
0: Well, I'm gonna have you and everybody in Radioland, if if you're not driving, if you're sitting there with a piece of paper and a pencil, in one line across, write the first nine letters of the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. Okay? That goes across.
1: Mm-hmm. Right underneath that, let's
0: write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right. See that? All right. I want you, I'm going to want you, to, I'm going to time you on this, Peter. You're going to <laughs> tell me when you start and stop. I want you to write that again in the same way that you wrote it. When I say go, I want you to start writing one, two, three, four, five. I mean, A, B, C, D, F, G, H. When you get to the end of the line, go underneath it and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Do you understand the task?
1: I believe I do. All
0: right. Three, two, One, start. Done. Okay, 10 seconds, 10 and a half seconds. Okay, now I want you to do this again, but I want you to not write them sequentially. I want you to alternate between A, one, B, two, C, three, and so on, where you're all alternating between lines. You are multitasking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You understand that task.
1: And, and I'm going in the same direction.
0: Correct. Okay. It's going to end up looking the same. You're just going to do it, splitting your attention between the two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ready? Tell me. Uh, are you ready? Ready. Three, two, one, go.
1: Darn it. Okay.
0: Fifteen seconds. Yeah. You see, how did that feel?
1: It wasn't fun. <laughs> I, <laughs>
0: and, and you probably quality of the work dropped. I heard a curse word.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Screwed up. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: You see my point. I got your point. Okay. Other things you can do, control your environment. You know, I got rid of my windows uh, just uh, <laughs> because it's me.
1: Now, when you say control your environment, something that I've been doing lately to, to increase my level of focus is I'll read email for 10 minutes before I start my day. I shut email down. I'll look at it again at noon, shut it down, look at it again later in the afternoon, shut it down. So I remove that distraction. Is that what you're talking about?
0: You are wise, grasshopper. Thank you. Also, by grouping things together so that you have everything needed for the job means that you can start, finish, and complete a chunk without having to get up from your chair. You can assemble things. Okay. It it becomes more automatic if everything you need... uh, you, You cook, Peter, right? Yes, sir. Before you start the stove and get the pan hot right there on the counter. What do you have?
1: Glass of bourbon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should ask my question. <laughs> um, got, if the I... <laughs> I was hoping for was that you would have all the ingredients assembled and ready to go.
1: I do, and a glass of bourbon,
0: and the glass of bourbon. <laughs> I was cooking with the bourbon, in which case you have two glasses. <laughs> um, another thing that makes a big difference is aerobic exercise. Overall, physical fitness appears to improve the outcome of all tasks, and it improves cognition. You know why? No.
1: Because it's, 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 it's doing something with those stress hormones, the cortisol.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: It's, 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 it's like you're flushing toxins out of your body. By exercise, it flushes those stress hormones out of your body versus they conti- if, you're, if without exercise, they continue to build up in your system
0: yep. But you're exercising your heart, and I want you to exercise your brain. you will by this, become a more balanced human being. yes, and that will make all the difference. That's kind of. That's kind of my point in all of this. I mean, the specifics can be debated, but overall, it's irrefutable. The human brain is not designed to multitask. And with rare exceptions, gaining efficiency through multitasking is an illusion.
1: Exactly. It it, it is. And, And one of the chapters in Brain Rules talks about exercise, how it boosts brain power as well.
0: Yeah. And I saw a coffee cup that said multitasking. The single best way to screw up both jobs. <laughs> let, let me let me give you a final tip on fixing it. I, I work somewhat in lean theory and okay. agile thinking, and in the work done on factory floors and in hospitals, etc., imagine three columns on a sheet of paper the first column is labeled to do middle column is labeled doing that's work in progress and the third column is done if you were to have a whiteboard near your workspace a pack of the three by three yellow stickies and a sharpie marker in the color of your choice You could jot a word or two about every to do and put them in the to do column. You are only allowed to work on what's in the doing column that you prioritize. And the doing column should only have a couple, three items in it. Too few items in the doing column, and you may not be purely efficient because there'll be times you hit a stopping point, somebody has to bring you a report or something. You can then pivot and focus on a second topic that's different than multi-test. And then once things are completed, they move into the done pile and can be delivered. And then by doing that, you free up space for something else to be prioritized in the to-do column, come on over. This simple process is called a Kanban board.
1: Kan-ban
0: board. K-A-N-B-A-N. It's a Japanese manufacturing term. Mm. It's part of lean theory, and it's focused on getting waste. It's part of lean, which is focused on getting waste out of a process or life or, or you know, doing things. And they have a lot of different things that they do. And I have simply lifted this one simple planning structure out of the middle of a very complex lean theory lecture.
1: It makes sense. I mean, if you think about the, the Japanese way, especially with just-in-time inventory system.
0: Or the almost-in-time uh, inventory system. Yeah, or the
1: almost-in-time inventory system. It's prioritization on... What was it I recently heard? Is it different urgency and important? Yep. And the difference between the two? Uh, something may be urgent, but maybe not as important as the important things that we need to get done. That's right. It's funny that you talked about multitasking stuff because I'm going through a process of right now of trying to refocus again, uh, I, and, and employing some things I that fell off the, fell off the wagon and bringing them back into place, and, and just shutting the email and becoming more focused and, put, and prioritizing putting things in place. Uh, and, and Greg Condorachi, you know our good friend Greg Condorachi. I do. He also prescribes to, but the, the best time to use your energy. Is some people are more energized later in the day? Some are more energized earlier in the day. If yep. you if you get your energy, most creativity in the morning, shut everything down, but use that time to be creative. Eliminate yep. all distractions, and, and, and that's one of the strategies I use to get the book done. Is I would write in the morning, first thing, get it out of the way, get it done, most yep. creative, and then move on. Versus if I waited till the afternoon, not uh-uh, getting done, it gets pushed away.
0: If anyone would like additional resources on the Kanban, if uh, there's a website out there, www.personalkanban, K-A-N-B-A-N, personalkanban.com. There's plenty there.
1: So you know my audience. You speak to my audience a lot. I am
0: your audience. You've only got two of
1: us. Well, my audience who's listening, our audience that we speak to, uh, the finance and accounting professionals. Yep. Uh, and, and we all know, so if this is the last podcast of the year, we know that once the calendar flips, the worlds flip. Yep. And then as we get closer into February, it becomes faster, more workers being pressed on us, the more opportunity to to be distracted and attempt to multitask. Yeah. You've given the you've given your tips. I'm but what you, but what you, no I <laughs> but what's your advice? And making it that achievement, especially in March when we're in the throes of everything. Now, that's especially end of February, early part of March, whether you're in public or you're in industry, we're in the throes of it. And, and it's, it's easier to go back to what we've always done before.
0: This is a question. That's a good point. This is a question of workflows. We get used to how things should work. We've got a little bit of time here to practice a better way of working. And I just want to challenge people to reflect on what I said, figure out what parts of it. First off, I wanted to scare everybody that it really is medically true. Mm -hmm. And then give a couple tools that people might customize into their worlds so that they get a little more control and they are doing what they choose in the proper orders, just as you have uh, turned off the email ding and focus on emails in Windows, that kind of thinking, I don't want to lecture on how they should do it. I should, Today's purpose was just to wave the flag that they ought to consider looking at their workflows and working at their priorities so that they have a more balanced fundamentally sound life.
1: And being the HR professional that you are.
0: Yes, I am.
1: That is advice that should be written down. I guess my point is they, they should make some some visual reminder to them.
0: Yep. That's what I, I like. Well, that's why I personally like the Kanban board, yep. but if you've got a to-do list that works, just a reminder. Use it. And prioritize things and only work on a couple things at once. Don't overwhelm yourself with, don't fool yourself that you can chip away at 10 things at once on the to do list.
1: Well, Carl, you always bring great advice, great knowledge to the podcast. I I think this is perfect timing with the new year coming up. Yeah. Uh, And um, I I challenge everybody who's listening, all three of you, (laughs) (laughs) to the audience to, Cognizantly write something down on, in your desk, or whatever, to remind yourself to stay focused. And I love the Kanban thing. Uh, if you have it in your planner, you use a moleskin, whatever. But yep. put that visual reminder out there so you continue to do it, and you'll find yourself becoming much more productive.
0: You just focus better. You just yeah. focus better. I, I want to close with everybody does this. Here's, I wish, here's the situation. You're driving, you've got the radio on, you're in an unfamiliar neighborhood, you're moving, it's dark, and your GPS just doesn't make sense. What do you turn off to get rid of the multitasking?
1: The radio.
0: And then pull over and throw it in park. And then focus and figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. With that, may everybody have a pleasant, productive 2019. I wish you all the best.
1: And uh, we wish you all the best as well. Always great to spend time with you, buddy. I, I look forward to our paths cross again. And thanks for taking the time to share
0: this with the audience. Thanks for having me. Good luck, everybody.
1: I can't thank Carl enough for taking time for explaining to us why multitasking is a myth and giving us some real strategies so we can be more productive. In episode 19, which airs on January 7th, I interview three CEOs of state CPA associations, and they are Alan Lloyd from Montana, Boyd Search from Georgia, and Chris Jenkins from South Carolina. All three used to work at the Ohio Society of CPAs and are great friends. We discuss a lot about state CPA associations and the issues that members are facing in the accounting profession, and we have a blast doing the interview. So I'd like to, one, wish everybody a happy holiday season, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I look forward to you listening to the podcast in 2019, and thank you for taking time to listen. And please share this episode with a friend.